This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Welcome to Agency for Agents, a podcast for real estate team leaders and independent brokerage owners looking to maximize profits, effectiveness, and gain freedom for their team and business. Your hosts, Christine Andreessen and Aaron Hendon, have been running one of the most successful real estate teams in the Seattle area for more than eight years. They know building a winning team means finding ways to empower, nurture, train, and develop individual agents to discover their own power their own agency. On the podcast, Christine and Aaron interview thought leaders in real estate and personal growth to help you impact both your performance and your teams. We know it takes a lot and leaders and brokers that crack that code reap the rewards of success greater than any they could ever achieve on their own. Well, today's show has got me super excited. All right. Tara Stone is joining us. She is a New Jersey-based realtor. She's a team leader. She is a successful business coach. She owns a vegan restaurant. She's worked all over the East Coast. She is just brilliant with running a team, expanding a team, making a difference for people. She has a background in luxury and equestrian properties. Totally cool lady. Really, really, really high energy. Great opportunity to learn what works and what doesn't work on building a team. It is a great conversation. We really look forward to Tara being on the show today. I can't wait to get into this with her. She's just delightful. Tara, really welcome to the show. I'm so excited. You know, we were just talking pre-show and I'm getting more and more excited given your lengthy list of, of uh, activities and things that you're doing. Take a minute. Just thanks for being here. Just take a minute, introduce yourself to people. What, you know, give us a little bit of your background and then let's just jump in and talk about what you're doing that works on teams. Awesome. Aaron, thank you so much for having me. I always try to put myself in a nutshell and it's never very successful. Mm. However, selling real estate 24 years transactionally across three different states, started in commercial real estate. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. I don't know if some people are listening, but if they're watching this, okay. (laughs) How are you selling real estate for 24 years? What were you, did you start when you were six? Yes, exactly. No, I started when I was 20, 21 and 45 now. It has aged me a bit. And I started my career really, I grew up in construction with family and I really liked the commercial aspect of selling. My grandmother was a broker. Mm. I just remember from a very young age, her saying, if you get your broker's license, that's something that no one can ever take away from you. Mm -hmm. So some family things, dynamics going on. We had, unfortunately, a lot of deaths in the family Mm. around when I was going to go away to college and I did not want to go away. Took some local community classes, got my cosmetology license. So I did hair right out of high school, which my high school was not happy about. Had my grandmother. What in is my the high, wait, what was the high school cared? 
what you did? Oh yeah. So big high school, uh, they put on the bulletin board where everyone was going to college, oh, nice. Yale, and they called my mother and my grandmother into the guidance <laughs> counselor's room. And they said, you are letting her throw her life away. And they're oh, saying this in front of me. Yeah. I just, my head could not have hung any lower, but I wanted to be home. I wanted to be home with my family. And I've always loved helping people. And cosmetology was a way to do that. I liked making people feel good about themselves. It was a great experience. It was not for the long term for me. I had my grandmother in my ear, get your real estate license. I did. And I never looked back. Mm. So started in a commercial real estate along the 95 corridor in Connecticut, ended up selling luxury waterfront up in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Mm. Nice. Got into bank owned work up there. Then met my now husband, whose brother was looking for a vacation property in Cape Cod, bought it off of eBay, but they were using me as the local realtor to show them around. Mm-hmm. So the joke is nobody screws me out of a commission. So I got his brother to marry me and we got married at in the backyard of the house that he bought on eBay. Nice. <laughs> Brought me to New Jersey, uh, from Cape Cod to New Jersey, as only love could do. Yeah. And started in with bank-owned properties again here in New Jersey, but very, very different than the bank-owned properties that were in Cape Cod, where I was really dealing with more of a second home market, a lot of vacant properties. And then I found myself in uh, some of the more undesirable cities of New Jersey, doing cash for keys, doing cleanouts. Um, and I think about six months pregnant as somebody was chasing me down the road, banging on my car. I thought maybe this isn't the smartest thing for me to be doing. I uh, opened my own brokerage. We ended up moving. I had a very big, large niche, which I still have on equestrian properties and estates. Uh, not everyone knows that New Jersey has more horses per capita than the state of Kentucky. I had a very happy bank account, very happy clientele but I was ships in the night with my husband and I had a two and a half year old who put both of his hands on each side of my face and turned my face and said, mommy, can you look at me? And I was being the mom. I swore I wasn't going to be, I was, you know, he had the TV and the iPad going, I'm on my laptop waiting for my husband to get home so I can get back on the phone with clients. And he just stopped me dead in my tracks, uh, closed my brokerage, launched a Keller Williams office here in New Jersey, mm-hmm. Grew that from about 24 agents to 140 when I left three years later. Stepped out of transactional real estate altogether for about a year. I own a vegan restaurant that I opened during the time. It was a passion project for my son. And I was missing real estate terribly. I said, let me throw my hat back in the ring. I'll do a couple transactions. And now three years later, you know, I'm a soul solely doing about 20 million. And I have a team of six that is growing and about 430 agents in what I would call our community across the United States and Canada with the coaching. So that's a nutshell. (laughs) That's awesome. That is quite, quite the nutshell. (laughs) I love it. I don't even really know where to start, but I do. All right. That's not true. Let's start somewhere. So tell me about, you know, so you now have a, you're with EXP. So you have your own team, right? Yes. And talk to me about, let's just jump in with the sort of the meat and potatoes of what I like to talk about on the podcast, which is all right, what's working with your team. What do you do to train them? You know, do you focus on new agents? Do you recruit seasoned agents? Talk to me about the structure yeah. Talk to me about your team. Okay. 
uh, and we talked a little bit pre-call that we've been in a metamorphosis. Um, right. Oh yeah. Tell me about the change. Tell me about what, what you were doing and what you are doing and what spurred on the change. Yeah. The, you know, I always say growth is messy and you want to break your systems. And I think EXP is a great example of, you know, kind of breaking its own systems. And that's a high level problem to have as you're growing and, and learning and, the market is shifting. We're always looking at what's the right thing for the team, not only specifically for the team members, mm-hmm. but also for the functionality and longevity of mm-hmm. the team. So yep. commission splits, training, who, you know, what seats are on the bus, who are we looking to fill with those seats? So, and with EXP, you have the standard commission, the standard team, and then the self-organized. So we do a little bit of both. So we have a community that works well, that anyone that comes into our revenue share line is welcome to come into our coaching, which we do every Monday. I have a Monday morning mindset. We have a group within um, workplace that people can engage in. And that's just agents doing you know, their own business, living their life, collaborating with each other, uh, coming in for the extra really coaching because there's plenty of training and support when it comes to mm-hmm. EXP. Right. So, and so that's and for people that are not in EXP, that's a self-organized team. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really not even the self-organized. That's just the community. Then right. we have the self-organized team where, and that's as we're rolling out more States, we're opening our basically what we've created here in New Jersey, mm-hmm. we're starting to open it in other States. So that is, there's going to be lead generation involved in that. You're going to get leads. You're going to have transaction coordination. There's a whole other wall of value. Mm -hmm. And you can come in as a self-organized team member where you're out doing your own business, but what you partner on with us, which is our leads and our process, Mm -hmm. then that's the team set up with that. And then, of course, we have the standard team, which is really how we launched. And I do love the intimacy of that team. But I really view that team as a way for newer or less experienced agents to build their business, to learn how to turn that lead generation faucet up and down and take it to the next level. I think that the standard team doesn't allow the really, really talented go-getters to see that big vision for the future. And it's one of the reasons I love EXP because... If you've ever trained an agent or brought an agent onto your team, the time, energy, effort, money, blood, sweat, and tears that you pour into them, if you're not in a model where they're going to outgrow you or they're going to want to start their own. Somewhere else, yeah. Exactly. And that's why I like the standard team to really be, hey, I don't want you on the standard team for more than 24 months. You know, you will always have a home on the standard team if like that's just your thing. Like you right. don't want to lead generate. You rather pay a higher referral fee and you're just happy as a you know what, a pig and you know what. Great. There's always a home for you. But really, really talented that people that are energized that want to create a true career from this. 90% of them are not going to want to stay in the standard team structure. So I think it's very, very important that you create a very clear path and an expectation for what does it look like when you come on, where can you grow to, and how can we do it all within our bubble of coaching, support, training, and growth. Good. So talk to me about this, the standard team splits and the, you know, the self-organized or the yeah. kick them out. So of being the totally split. transparent, our standard team split was 
mostly falling at the minimum requirement for EXP, which is 25% to the team. And then they're on a half cap with an 80-20 split back to EXP. We were having the agents work their own leads. So we pay for leads to come in. We, we use YLOPO and follow-up boss. We also use KV Core. But we were doing, we've had good success with Google AdWords. And then we've taken a lot of our budget out of Facebook. We still do do a little bit, but we're more focused on Google AdWords and retargeting. The agents, I think 5% of the population likes making cold calls. <laughs> so That's while high, they, okay. yeah, they would do it, it was becoming more of a, like a big brother, almost like me pressing down, like, why aren't you following up? Did you make your call? That's not the position as a leader that I want to be in, right? I'm not here to hold you accountable to your goals. I'm here to help you be accountable to your goals. So this is one of our big structures that we've changed that it's gone from a 25% cost to a 35% cost, but we're engaging in an ISA and inside sales associate to work those cold, cool, and warm leads that are coming in and actually place appointments on our team members' calendars. And so the ISA, so an I so if an ISA books the appointment, the agent gets 65%. Uh, correct. Got it. Correct. Uh, listing or a buyer? Yes, for the most part. There are some caveats to it for the luxury um, right. and the equestrian, because as a team, our wall of value for our standard team, we pay for all transaction coordination. We pay for all of marketing, photography, video, signs, lock boxes, you name it, because we have a team standard that we must meet. So if you have a new agent that doesn't have a thousand dollars extra right. laying around to do the marketing, we don't want to we want to take that burden off of the agent. Keep our standards in the yeah, team. Yeah. Critical. Yeah. So that's really where we've made a big change. We made a 10% change. And I was a little nervous about it at first because as an agent, you're going, oh my gosh, I'm going to get 10% less. But everybody has been like, I don't have to make those calls all the time now. I get just to get them booked into my calendar and they're thrilled to have that. And they have the option if they want to show and prove that they can follow up with leads that are expensive. And I go that goes to showing your work as a team leader. I think you need to share with your team Mm -hmm. the costs that are involved. Yep. Uh, so that they understand the value of every lead that comes through. They've been happy with it so far. They're happy to not right. have to make those calls. Great. So that's how, many, how many people you got on that in the standard team? We had seven and we are at six right now because we had to make a departure with a relationship because yep. it just wasn't, wasn't meeting the team standards. Good. Do you have team standards in terms of production or is it gossip or is it both? Or tell me about both. Yeah. So we, and again, going to this point in time we're at right now, we are really digging a lot deeper to into what the team handbook looks like. Uh And I like to, my partner is very, you know, straightforward. He's like, it's a handbook. That's what we call it. A handbook. I'm like, no, I want it to be like the thrive guide. You know, I want it to be something more (laughs) fun. So we, it's the handbook, but it's the the team guide to thrive. that talks about expectations, talks about the standards, um, has initials on every page, has a signature because as a leader, again, you don't want to be policing your team. Well, It's also their independent contractors. You can't, there's a limit to what you can. Right. But you well, can say, listen, this, these are the standards of the team. Do they have production 
quotas? I mean, do you, what's the minimum for someone? Literally on hung up on that call this morning. Um, I think it's very generous. It's one closing a month and you're expected to have your first contract written, if not closed within 90 days of starting with us. That's great. And that's accountability both ways. That's meaning that we're doing our job as the team to get you into that production right. and that you're showing up at a high level as well. Yeah. So it definitely two, two way street there. Great. And so just to be clear, Tara, just, I, I do this every time on the podcast, but mm-hmm. those standards and that split generous, yeah. better, a little bit better than our team splits really. And, and standard wise. So you're right in the, we were joking pre pre call, like, uh, you know, am I doing this right? No, I'm not. You, you are, that is, you know, that is. And what's the self-organized split and how does that, you know, if someone's in Minnesota and they join your organization, but they want, you know, to be in your mindset group and they want, uh, do they pay it? Do they pay a split? No, they don't have to pay anything if they just want to come to the coaching. Mm-hmm. Now, if they want to, if they want us to set appointments for them, it's 10% more expensive to them, them than if they were on the standard team. So the 35% goes to 45%. Because they're not contributing regularly to the culture. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But it's a win for a lot of the agents because they're either just starting out or they need to ramp up. And of mm-hmm. course, especially with listings, uh, the more buyers that brings, so it's worth it to them. And then looking around at the industry and what we're paying to Redfin and Ojo and all of those, you know, even a Relo, you know, you're looking at forty to fifty percent, and that's without any be- right. marketing's not being paid for. You're not getting transaction coordination, not getting any of those value adds. So right. I feel really confident in that. And culturally, you're, you know, you're don't short sell the value that being with mm-hmm. you makes. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, you attracted them for a reason. They're in your organization for a reason. They resonate. There's something there that's yeah speaks to them. And that's, you know, worth something. Well, there's a value to that, right? So I'm also a certified success coach, but I also work with success as Mm -hmm. one of their team coaches. So, you know, if you were going to hire me at a very basic level, it's $1,000 a month to coach with me. It's important that there's value there because otherwise people don't show up. But that is a great thing. You can pay $1,000 a month to coach with me one-on-one, or you can have access to me, you know, once once a week. And then I always make time for people that are within our organization mm-hmm. if they need a little something more, but they're maybe not ready for one-on-one coaching. Great. And so talk to me a little bit about that. That's, you know, that's dynamite. I'm a coach and my partner's a coach and we created a, you know, a program to train our agents that we're, we've opened to outside teams. And so talk to me about some of the principles or where you stand to coach your people or, you know, like what, what makes your coaching valuable for people? So it's really a very holistic approach. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been there and done that trying to compartmentalize work and family life and self-care. And I've never had success with it at a high level. Something always ends up suffering. So when I go back to what I said earlier, we don't need more training. Like there's so much amazing training out there. And can I train someone? Yes. Can I get them into some of our courses? Yes. But at, talking from like my coaching hat, we're talking about mindset. We're talking about like, why are you really waking up every morning unemployed as a realtor, you know, without health benefits, without all of, you know, any of the guarantees, really digging deep into why they got into the business 
getting some blinders on. I find a lot of people just, they don't, they're going through the motions. They're paying all the money for the lead gen. They're engaging this system and that system, but they have very little clarity around what their standards are Mm -hmm. around what their vision is for the future for themselves as a business owner, as a human being, as a mother, wife, husband, brother, whatever it might be. And looking at how can, because I don't believe in a perfect balance. You know, I believe we're always counterbalancing. How can we look at, take stock of where we're at right now, where we want to make improvements. And maybe when we want to make improvements in 10 places, that's great. We're going to be able to do that together in a coaching relationship, but we're not going to be able to do all 10 at once. Right. So let's pick one or two. Let's get hyper-focused on what the actions need to look like. What are your commitments around that? And then how can I help you be accountable to that? I don't like hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. How can I help you be accountable to those things? Because once you start really learning how to say no to the things that aren't moving your business forward, that aren't being run through that filter of your future vision, you get time back, you get clarity, you get the confidence to know that no is a complete sentence. And you get to pour into the things that you're passionate about and that are moving you forward and are helping you show up as that person that you want to show up as to your team, to your family, to yourself. That's awesome. It's so well said, you know, that no is a complete sentence. I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, part of our time, we have a conversation with people halfway through our training because they get, it looks like to them, they're getting stopped by time mm-hmm. and it's bullshit that they're getting stopped by time. You don't get stopped by time. You, there's no, you know, there's no managing your time. There's managing your word. Mm -hmm. And it is very much a function of people inability or unwillingness, not really inability. It's really Mm -hmm. is an unwillingness to say, no, like, no, that's, you know, what I do from nine to 12 is I do lead gen. I don't answer the phone from nine to 12. It's not, that's Mm -hmm. a no. That's like, This is what I'm doing now. You know, to just e- even just to say that this is what I'm doing now. What you're committed to. Yeah. Is, and, and then, you know, the way you said it, you know, do you tie it into, you know, you filter it through, does this, what's the action now that is going to move me a degree closer to fulfilling my 10 year vision or whatever, what, you know, yes. who I am, my mission in life. And then it gives you a really easy way to say no to this and yes to this because it either fits or it doesn't. And that's great. And you're always saying no. Everything you say yes to, you're saying no to something else. Yes. So you're not avoiding saying no. You're just maybe saying no to the thing that's a little more forgiving, which tends to be our friends, family, and our own personal commitments. Right. Which in the long run are some of the most devastating things to say. Or you're saying no to the thing that's confronting, like, call mm-hmm. a virgin, you know, something like mm-hmm. that's the thing that's going to build your, you know, you can't see the result right away about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, really good. And what, so when you said you were, you know, reorganizing, restructuring, is it just a 10% difference? What's, is there something else major in the works or does that occur for you? Like that's a major the 10% difference and bringing in the ISAs. Uh-huh. Um, and we've tried virtual assistance. We've had some success with it, but it wasn't at the level that we were looking for. So we've identified people within our organization that excel at making calls that will consistently make calls. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and you, so pay them that, to, you pay them for appointment setting. 
Well, right now they're licensed. So they actually will get a percentage of every deal closed. Right. And, and we're still looking at that structure. Is there going to be some bonus for appointment setting? Are there ex- expectations for appointment setting? Yes, 100%. And to be totally honest, we're looking at those numbers right now. Yeah, that's a tough one. We really had a, we brought people in and and, and exactly that. We had a real, we stopped doing it because, you know, they wound up setting mostly FISBO appointments. And I just don't think you needed someone to set you a FISBO appointment. <laughs> it's just, you know, I don't need to pay 15% of my commission to someone because they set me a, because they right, a had a FISBO a said, I, right. you know, look at a house. I don't, right, right. It seems a little excessive. But I, and you know, that's where it always devolved to, right? Like that. So right. I, we, we didn't crack the code on that. I never cracked the code on that. And I know, you know, there's a big market to sell VA services. Mm-hmm. Like they can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had zero success in having a VA from another country call an expired and set a meaningful appointment on any kind of scalable yes. basis. So uh, maybe there's someone watching who'd done that. You should contact me and we want to talk about it. Although my guess is if you found someone to do it, you don't want to share who that is. Um, (laughs) I know a lot of leaders who are successfully using VAs. We, you know, I'm a big believer in like, if you're going to commit to something, a minimum of three months and really six months Mm-hmm. Um, to really decide if it's something that works for you. And we went through a couple of different VAs and they were lovely people, but it it just was not the right fit for us. Yeah, I, and right fit. But I mean, look, if they were scheduling bookable appointments that converted, they would be the right fit for you. So mm-hmm. let's, not, let's not pretend they weren't the right fit because right. somehow culturally, no, they just weren't booking the appointment. So, you know, that deal with booking those appointments, those cold calls would be great to get that outsourced. I just have been completely ineffective at finding the right people to do it. Or yeah. and or on one hand, it could be I haven't been willing to commit, you know, the six months. I mean, we I've done it for six months, but I don't know that it's I'm managing it the way it could be managed. I don't know. Anyway, we're not doing it. So yeah. if you get, if you crack the code on it, let me know. But we have had success in having, you know, empowering our team to call the pond. Yes. To call those people, those leads that we mm-hmm. do filter through Wide Lopo and mm-hmm. Realtor.com and hand those your out. Your money, their money, I want to say, like your money is sitting, you're, you're here in front of me almost in tears because you don't have enough transactions closing, yet there's 60 leads sitting untouched right at your fingertips, but you don't want to pick up the phone and make the call. You'll send them a text, you'll send them an email, but you need to pick up the phone and call them. Your money is sitting right there. It's, you know, sometimes it's just those very candid conversations. And, totally. you know, I had to make calls in front of my mentor and, you know, he would have me put people on hold and I would be so shocked that they didn't hang up and be like, say this and do this. And, you know, we get so fearful, right? We're full of fear. We're full of, we don't want someone to judge us. We don't want to fail. Mm -hmm. All of these. Meanwhile, we're failing out of real estate at crazy levels as an industry because we refuse to pick up the phone and just start to create more relationships. It's a hundred percent. It's a contact sport. If you're not going to do contact, and look, you don't want to do cold calling fine, don't, then get yourself in five open houses a week, but you still have to pick up the phone and call the people you met at the open house. It doesn't yeah. matter how, at the end of the day, you don't want to do open houses. You don't want to cold call. Fine. Stand out in front of a supermarket and hand out flyers for your first time home buyer class, but you still have to call those people. There is no escaping. You need to talk to people. So Especially it is, now. 
as we go into a shifting market, it's going to be more important than it has been in the last 24 months. Totally. Um, with you a hundred percent and easier to talk to them about it too. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, um, that's fabulous. It's great. All right. Well, Tara, I think we covered everything that I was excited to cover. Is there something I should have asked you that I didn't ask you? No. I mean, there's so many great questions. There's so many great questions. I think I, the one thing I would just make sure that no one succeeds alone, right? Just no one succeeds alone. And whether you're a team leader or someone that's looking to get onto a team to maybe launch your business or reinvent your business, make sure you're coming with a mindset of abundance Mm -hmm. and with a mindset that you are going to be working together. When we are coming out of times of COVID, nobody knows what these times look like coming out of COVID. And, you know, here we're on a Zoom. It's amazing. I love Zoom. But getting back into these relational, face-to-face, person-to-person, real-life humanity, that's like such a golden moment for me. And I really feel like that's where we are. And embracing as many people as we can into that, that that are swimming towards the boat. You You can't help the ones that are swimming away from the boat. But if they're swimming towards the boat and you've got a system, even like us, yes, we're making adjustments to our system, but I know that there's opportunities for people that come on board with us. Yep. Just like there's opportunities for us to bring these talented people on board. We're going to grow together. Yep. And um, yeah. So I think it's an amazing time. I hear a lot of negative conversation out there. I've had some of my best years in down markets or changing markets or shifting markets And the more that you humanitize this process, the more fun real estate is, the more fulfillment that's going to come through. Mm -hmm. And we have to do it together. Perfect. Tara, thanks. All right. The last question I always ask is, what are you reading or listening to? What's the best? What should I read? Right now I am reading No Matter What. And those are the 10 Commitments of Accountability from Sam Silverstein. Oh, great. I love that name. He's Sam is awesome. And, and actually I'm reading it true transparency because I'm also going through a new certification, which is certified accountability advisor, uh, because I really believe that everything does exist just outside your comfort zone, but a hundred percent within your accountability zone, there's no point to get uncomfortable if you're not going to have some accountability around it and, and actually make it happen. So I mm-hmm. love that. Ryan Serhant, Big Money Energy, we call it BME, my team, at least I don't know, a hundred times a week, you talk about, Hey, good morning. How's your BME today? Just bringing it, bringing that big money energy. So, I love that. I love that acronym. That's the book awesome. is great. Yep. So the big money energy book. And I also, I really like Ryan's podcasts because they're quick. They're like eight to 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many, um, Gary V of course, success podcast, Jay Sheedy, I like his on purpose because there's so many great leaders that are in there. I think we have, we can get pigeonholed into just listening about one industry, like yep. top producing agents. And I just want to hear what all leaders are doing. So those would be my two. Yep. Great. Two love right it. Now. All right. Mm-hmm. Great. I love, I love it. I love it. I'm going to check those out. Tara, thank you so much for the time. I'm so happy to make this connection. You know, I'm sure we'll be talking more. I'm, my sister lives in Verona. So I'm, nice. I'm from the area and, uh, awesome. and I live out here now. So great to meet you. And um, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Great to meet you. Have a kick-ass rest of the day. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Abundant Life Podcast. 
brought to you by Christine and Company and EXP Realty, the global online brokerage powered by top agents and cutting edge technology. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Your hosts have been award-winning brokers, Christine Andreessen and Aaron Hendon. For more on them, visit christineandcompany.com.